This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wins championships. Pride and passion lead success. You got to love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for watching a live edition of the East-West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me tonight, Walter Stringer. How are you doing? Hey, okay. All right, Walter. NFC North. Let's go and talk about it. Let's review the team by team in this division. Let's start off with the Detroit Lions. Okay, so as everyone knows, I'm from Detroit, born and raised right here. Uh, so, of course, we all know shortly after the season ended, the Lions went ahead and they were able to move um, veteran quarterback Matthew Stafford to the Rams for a few picks and quarterback Jared Goff. Managed to get a couple picks, a couple first-round picks. That's pretty much in order to get those two first-round picks. The Lions had to pretty much take Jared Goff's deal, which doesn't really hurt them that much considering the fact that whether he sinks or swims, they can easily just walk away from it after two years if they choose to. So whether he performs poorly this season or he performs poorly next season, they have the ability to just walk away from it. Now, I think the, the thing that really stands out to me about this team moving forward offensively is the fact that they managed to get Panay Sewell, the um, all-star superstar left tackle from Oregon, young guy at pick number seven. No one really thought he would fall to number seven. Um, for a lot of Lions fans who feel, well, hey, he went at number seven, so how possibly could he be? The guy was pretty much the number two overall prospect on damn near everyone's boards, on a lot of people's boards. If it wasn't Zach Wilson, then it was Panay Sewell. So that should let you know right there. But being able to put uh, add a talent like Panay Sewell to that offensive line, which was already pretty much stacked with the solid Frank Ragnow, who just got a brand-new deal, um, Taylor Decker, who was a first-round pick from a few years ago, got a new deal a year ago. So it pretty much makes sure that that offensive line, whether that offensive line is protecting Jerry Goff or they're blocking for DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, they want to make sure they get the best boom for their buck out of those two positions. So, of course, everyone knows defensively we were the worst team in the league. So I think at the end of the day, what – new GM Brad Holmes and brand new head coach Dan Campbell wanted to do. They looked at this team last season and it was obvious what we weren't good at. We were not good at the line of scrimmage. So they wanted to get better at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They did that. They made sure they did that with three of those first four picks in the play, not playoffs, but in the, uh, the draft. 
All right, so big offseason move obviously was uh, Matt Stafford being traded in exchange for Jared Goff to, to the L.A. Rams. So yeah. um, expectations for Goff this season. I mean, some people, they, they don't have him. They don't think he's going to do very good in Detroit for whatever reason, right? right? Yet we're talking about a quarterback that did take his team to the Super Bowl. Now I know that they had a dominant defense that year as well and a great running game, but still, I mean, you're not going to be a scrub and take your team to the Super Bowl. Uh, well, Unless you're th- unless you're talking about Rex Grossman, well, he doesn't have to necessarily be a scrub. I just don't think. I think he did he did his job. He did his job well that season when they managed to go. That was a very well coached football team on both sides of the football. They had playmakers on the outside, and the offensive line wasn't that good. But Todd Gurley at that point in time was still a monster out there. So, but it, things are completely different here in Detroit. You know. The cover isn't particularly bare for him offensively. That's why I do believe I can't agree with you on the part that I believe he can have a decent year. He can have a better year than people expect. Just for the simple fact, he has a solid offensive line. He has a couple running backs, and he's got a tight end out there. Now, the wide receiver core is still pretty much a um, – a, uh, it's an instruction. Every yeah, it, in construction, you know, yeah. they thought we may go wide receiver in the first round. We didn't, thank God. You know, wide receiver is a position you can fill with later guys, and they actually did that later on in the late rounds with the Ross St. Brown. Yeah, and then also, too, uh, Tyrell Williams, former Las Vegas Raider, he signed with the Detroit Lions. We saw the departure of uh, Marvin Jones and Kelly, uh, Kenny Galladay as well. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, look, to me, the Lions uh, – it's a good thing that the expectations are not there because I think Jared Goff is going to have a better season than what people are actually, you know, expecting him to have. And I think the running game is going to be a huge part of that. But also, they're they're going to have to stay healthy. Uh, DeAndre Swift last year had some injury issues, I believe, it was an ankle and then concussion issues. So we'll see. I think the number one thing for the Lions uh, going into this season is going to be health. Uh, health. I think health and the fact that they need to establish some sort of winning. You know, even if it's not necessarily particularly just wins and losses, they need to perform well. You know, the big issue, I believe, the past couple seasons with that last regime is the fact that the team performed poorly and they really didn't care for the environment that was trying to be instilled here. So everything is different here now. The players seem to really be in tune with this coaching staff. This was pretty much made up of former players, you know, and all the players seem to they, they really adjust to that very well. They respect it. They like it. Everything seems to be pretty fun, loose and open right now. It's just mini camp. We expect things to tighten up real seriously over the next couple of months. But, hey, we're pretty objectively thinking right now. Expectations as a Lions fan, Walter, for this season coming up. Personally, me, I don't see this team winning more than six games. Really don't. I think we made some big strides in the draft this year, a couple months ago, as far as getting uh, the two defensive tackles, Levi Awuzarike from um, Washington, Aline McNeil from NC State, who's projected to go straight in, plug in as that that nose tackle in the 3-4. They plan on pretty much moving Awuzarike around down that, that defensive line. They've also decided to go ahead and move Trey Flowers, uh, former free free agent bus disappointment. They moved him to the outside linebacker spot. He said it's pretty much different for him being in space, but he, you know he's, 
it's growing on them, getting used to it. So they've come in this season and they're experimenting with a lot of those players that's left over from the past regime. All right, let's move along to the Minnesota Vikings. So in this past draft, it was rumored that Minnesota was actually trying to trade up to draft Justin Fields in which Chicago beat them to the punch. Uh, Minnesota really didn't do much this offseason besides, you know, whatever they did in the draft and also signing that Patrick Peterson, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Aside from that, they did pretty much majority of their damage in the draft. Um, I personally feel the Vikings had the best draft in its entirety when you look at the value for the players that they got and when they got them. Darashaw, Kristen Darashaw, the left tackle um, out of Virginia Tech, getting him at 23 was huge. And even if you look at the Vikings' third round alone, they got Kellen Mond at 66, Chad Surratt, the linebacker, North Carolina, 78, Wyatt Davis, who was maybe the best pure guard going into the draft in 2021. They managed to get him at 86, and then they got the edge rusher, Patrick Jones, at number 90. And they also managed to get his teammate, Jalen Twyman, the defensive tackle, who probably should have been nothing less than a mid-second round pick. They managed to get him in the mid-sixth, well, actually the late sixth round. You know, if there wasn't such a deep, I mean, a disrespect for pure nose tackles in this era of the NFL, you know, he would have. He would have went higher. Yeah, but there's there's no way um, Jalen Twyman was a sixth round pick talent wise at all. So they got a lot of value in this draft. Kirk Cousins, yep. obviously one of the biggest, well, you know, biggest position I think on the team at quarterback, right? So yep. you knowing that Minnesota was, you know, they were trying to trade up the draft Justin Fields to be your uh, replacement. What what kind of year do you think we're going to see from Kirk? Um. I think we're going to see a big bounce back year from Kirk. I think the Vikings have as good a chance of winning this division as anybody else. You know, they they, they were an old team, an old roster over the past couple of years. They're still kind of old in some areas, but they've done pretty well. They've done pretty well in bringing some guys in. Didn't they also bring in Dalvin Thomason? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they brought in some younger guys and some spots they really needed to. I think they still need to get better at corner. You know, Patrick Peterson is the answer. But, you know, as far as Kurt, I believe Kurt is going to be Kurt. Kurt's going to have a decent season. I think the wide receiver they got from Iowa, Amir um, Smith-Marset, speedster, speed by the ton, he's going to come in and help on special teams alone if he doesn't, you know, do anything as far as the fourth or fifth wide receiver. So Kurt's going to have opportunities. He's got an all-pro caliber running back in the backfield. He's got a much improved offensive line. He's got threats on the outside. He's got Thielen. He's got the guy who probably should have been rookie of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, he should have. Jefferson. So, yeah. yeah, they made big improvements on defense. It's there for Kurt. Now, can he do it? That's a completely different story. I think we're going to see a big year also from Kirk this year. I mean, to me, he's got the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, but we'll see what the Minnesota Vikings do in this season coming up. Well, how do you feel about Kellen Mond? I mean, he's well, the, he's yep. the complete opposite of, of what Kurt is. You know, Kellen can make things happen on his own. He's explosive with his legs. He's got a more yeah. explosive arm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's more this, is, this is what I can see happening. Similar situation of when Alex Smith was the quarterback for the 49ers and they had drafted Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith was having a phenomenous year. 
He got, I believe it was a concussion. He was out. Kaepernick was inserted, and he didn't look back after that. So knowing the money situation with Kirk, if he if something does happen, if he gets benched, he gets hurt, and Kelamon comes in, I believe all the tools are there for him to succeed and not look back. Yeah, he'll have a dynamic running back. He'll have a dynamic wide receiver core. He'll have a much improved offensive line. And, you know, Darishaw, the, the left tackle from Virginia Tech, yeah. Darishaw has the potential to be – the best left tackle in this draft. Potential. Yeah. Right there with Sewell. No. So they they made and, big improvements. The Vikings made big improvements. And uh, you know, Coach Jackson, he was, you know, helping Kellamon train this offs well before the draft. And coach was raving about him. He had a you know, a great arm, great guy, smart individual. So I mean, to me, it's kind of set up perfectly for him. Yeah, and another thing I noticed that's really major with quarterbacks is he was pretty good in the red zone. Yeah, he wasn't perfect in the red zone, but last season at A and M, he made a ton of wild throws in the red zone that made me think, okay, you know what? Maybe I need to pay more attention to this guy. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That would actually be one of the most uh, interesting quarterback situations going into next season, as uh, Kirk Cousins and Kellamon. But we'll see. All right, Chicago Bears, obviously huge draft. They drafted their quarterback of the future, at least we all think so, right, and Justin Fields quarterback out of Ohio State. Yep. I don't know why he fell so low, but for whatever reason he did, and Chicago, you know, took advantage of it. Yeah, well, you know, the thing with, with Fields, and it, it happens to some quarterback every season, somebody has to be the whooping board. You know, uh Justin Herbert was the whooping boy last year. You know, I don't want to brag, but I told everyone. Hey, how, I did too. How, yeah, I, I tried to tell everyone, you know, stop ignoring was, was the, you know, staring you right in the face. Yeah. And the attitude was, oh, well, you know, no, no, this. And, you know, Herbert's this and Herbert's platform this. I don't like this. I don't like that. Sometimes trying to be the smartest guy in the room makes you look like a complete idiot. Yeah, and, and he was Justin, the best quarterback that came out last year. Justin Herbert's tools, his physical tools were there. But there were still people screaming that Tua had more physical upside, which was completely ridiculous. So, and I think the same thing with Fields, that Fields, he did not the fact he stuck around too long. I think people wouldn't have dumped on Fields as much if Zach Wilson didn't come from out of nowhere. I think that was a big issue. I think people sat back. And instead of looking at the overall body of work fairly with Justin Fields, they decided to take two games that he played rough in where he was missing a ton of players but managed to still win. And they decided since they already didn't care for Fields, well, I'll take these two games against Northwestern and Indiana, and I'll just judge Fields off of those two games. And these are the same people who turned a blind eye to the Clemson game in the playoffs. And let's not let's not forget about that. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence was obviously the number one pick in last and this year's draft. And Justin Fields outdueled him. Yeah, I think in, in my personal opinion, and I've talked to even the, even people around the league, some people just had an agenda against Justin Fields. Oh, why? why, well, why what's what's the agenda? Because he, he's an Ohio State quarterback, and historically they don't do well. I mean, what's the deal? Well. We heard that lame excuse, but that same lame excuse could have been applied to Zach Wilson. Yeah. You look at BYU or Mac Jones at Alabama. You know, even if you look at Clemson, you know, outside of Deshaun Watson, they haven't put 
a lot of big time stars in the league. Yeah. You can't be, you can't be that narrow minded. You have to be able to look yeah. at the, the player. You know, uh, some people were comparing Justin Herbert to Joey Harrington. No way. Because just because same school. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it's it's lazy scouting. It's lazy evaluating, and it just it makes you look foolish in the end sometimes. Now, I, I know we're going a little bit off the rails because I, I want to talk about Trey Lance and the Niners selecting him over Justin Fields. I mean, to me, I was just like, why? Trey Lance is still a project. He's not, he's not, a, he's not done, but so is uh, Justin Fields. But Justin Fields, to me, I don't know. Am I crazy or what? I think Justin Fields is going to have a way better pro career than Trey Lance. Yeah, um, I felt that way prior to the draft. Still do. Um People, but what do you think it is? People Look, get an obviously people get enamored with the less with the with the less that they know about you, the more that they like you. But but Walter, we're we're in a win now league, not win tomorrow. We want to win now because if you don't win now, you get fired. So to me, Hal Shanahan and John Lynch, if this blows up in their face, they're gonna lose their job in two years, two to three years. Uh not with Lance. Possibly with Mac Jones, possibly with Mac Jones, because I mean the narrative around the league was that you know they did you don't trade up that high to draft a guy with a you know with a high floor. Everyone figured it would be either Justin Fields or it would be, it would be Trey Lance. So the Trey Lance pick, I believe, buys them more time, even though I believe he's going to play earlier than he's going to play earlier than later. I think the Lance pick buys them more time than the Mac Jones pick would have. Um, but still, I mean, to me, or to you as well, Justin Fields, I think, is a better prospect. And I think what that tells me about Chicago moving forward is that Nagy and Pace are at least going to have a li- another two to three years on that team, which is really huge because a lot of people were calling for their head, rightfully so. Um, they didn't make the playoffs. They, it wasn't a close game against New Orleans Saints, but they lost. And I think that's what bought them a little bit more time than what they should have gotten. Yeah, Um I, it's hard to really explain what's really going on in Chicago as far as the, um, the upper management and bringing Nagy back. Fields could possibly save his job. Possibly oh yeah, I, I think I think he did already. Honestly, I already think he did. Because well, we know one thing for sure that Andy Dalton is not going to outperform Justin Fields in training camp, and Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears week one. We know that. Like to me, like that's a no brainer. We think, but we know how veteran, like these veteran head coaches are, and these veteran guys in the league are when it comes to their veteran guys. Also, but how are you going to justify Walter drafting a guy? Not, not to, I mean, he was a high pick to me, right? But how are you going to justify it? We saw Andy Dalton play last year. He didn't play very well. Justin Fields, his potential is very high. Why, why wait for the future? Oh, don't get me wrong. I don't think Dalton's going to play for long. I think he starts the season. I don't think he starts for long, though. Because at the end of the day, Fields gives them the best opportunity to win. Any idiot can see that. Now, if they just feel like, hey, you know what? I have to save face. We told the fan base that Andy Dalton is our quarterback number one. So we have to at least give him an opportunity to lose his job. That doesn't always happen that way. The year that the Lions drafted Matthew Stafford number one overall, they also had Dante Culpepper. And Dante yeah. Culpepper was under the impression that he was going to be the starter going into the season. And then I believe the week before 
Matthew Stafford's first career game against the New Orleans Saints, he found out, like, hey, hey, you know what? You're not playing. Yeah. You know, so what happened? Yeah. And we got we got Coach uh, chiming in here. Vikings are going to win the NFC North regardless. Uh, not so fast, my friend, which leads us to our next team. The biggest drama show in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. So, obviously, we know Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, where they stand. Aaron doesn't want to play there anymore. Packers say, no, we're not going to trade Aaron. Aaron's not, you know, up for trade. Now, my question to you, Walter, what did you think of their offseason moves? I mean, they really didn't have much besides whatever they drafted and uh, this whole fiasco with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, well, as far as the roster, they didn't do much. Didn't do much at all. You know, they brought back Aaron Jones. They lost some some key guys as far as the offensive line. Um, as far as as far as well the corner, it's, it's hard to really get a gauge on the Packers because if Aaron comes back, they still pretty much bought brought it brought back everyone else who are key spots for that team. I think Robert Tanyan is a young guy. Well, we don't know how good Tanyan is. It could be. We don't. It could have just been Aaron. It could have been Aaron. You know, they still have Devontae Adams. They still got, you know, other younger receivers in their core. So they have the ability. I don't think the offensive line is going to be worth a damn, honestly. Yeah. I think that's going to be a huge issue for them. They didn't really get better defensively. So it's hard to get really get a gauge on the Packers. I don't want to be biased and sound like I'm just against the Green Bay Packers. I would have a reason to be against But, but you're stating facts, though. I mean, I, I, when, when you look at it, they didn't do anything. If anything, they just made the whole situation worse with Aaron Rodgers. Right. They just brought more drama on themselves. But I will say this. They seem to thrive well in drama. If we look at the final, what, three years when Mike McCarthy were there? Yeah. Nothing but drama. Every season. Is McCarthy going to be there? Is he not going to be there? Does he like him? Does he not like him? Is he changing plays in the huddle? Is he not changing plays in the huddle? So well, we know he was changing the plays in the huddle. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Aaron's a gunslinger. So we know if, if he's there, they have just as good a chance as the Vikings or the Bears or the Lions of winning that division. So let's get this question out of the way. Aaron Rodgers, will he be back as a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? I don't think so. All right. Where does he go? Where's he where where's he get traded to? I don't think they trade him. I think there's a good ch- there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers won't play. Yeah, I think he might sit out a year too. Look, if if I'm the Packers, because we also have to think about it not just from a player's standpoint, but from a team standpoint. Look, if you're the Packers, you're we don't have to trade you, Aaron. You can pay us back some of that money that you owe us. It's okay. Give us more money. We're not going to trade you. If I'm the Packers, I do not trade Aaron Rodgers. I do not give in. Fine. You want to retire? You want to go host Jeopardy? Go ahead and do so. Well, we're fine. We'll we'll go with Jordan Love, and then if we suck, we'll just draft the quarterback next year. Well, Aaron's just brash and cocky enough to do it. You know, go I, ahead by all means. I think he's going to thumb his nose at the organization. I don't think he's going to play. Now they'll need him. This is the I think this is the critical. This is what's really critical about this situation. What happens to Green Bay within the first three weeks of the season? Well, I'm glad because you brought if he's that up. Not there. And they say, well, you know what? If they go in front of the media and they say, oh, you know what? Jordan, we're behind him 1,000%, and he looks excellent in practice, and we're we're focused on moving forward with the, the 52 men we have here and this and that. If that happens and 
they go out there and Aaron Love stinks because the Packers aren't about being bad. They're about winning. Yeah. Well, when was look, the last time we really saw the Packers go through a real rebuild? Oh, uh, shoot. It had to be 1995. Where was uh, Brett drafted? What, 90, by the Atlanta. I thought it was a 91. Then was it 91, and then he got traded, what, 94 and 85? Was it, I thought it was right after. Right after when he was still in, in Atlanta. But yeah, Well, I mean, regardless of – yeah, I mean, regardless of the situation, we know what happened. You know, we know what the Green Bay Packers were before Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers got there. They weren't very good as far as the quarterback position goes. So, um, well, it's going to be interesting to me. Again, if you're the Packers, you don't trade him. Don't trade him. You don't have to. He's not your boss. You're, you're Aaron's boss, right? He's your player. So, I mean, to me, look, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron sits out a year and then maybe when the Sean Watson situation gets cleared out and there's nothing that happens – Maybe a trade there, but I'm not sure that Aaron would want to be traded to Houston because that's well, a whole different that's a whole different show over there as well. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, and then Houston doesn't really have, I think, anything the Packers would really want. Plus, Deshaun can, Watson. Well, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Plus, I think. Well, but we don't know obviously what's going on with Deshaun Watson and what's true and what's going to happen. We, true. I mean, both those quarterbacks not they might not play next year. I think there's a better chance of Watson playing. I think there's really? a better chance of Watson plays. Yeah, I think Aaron is Aaron is pretty folk. He seems to be pretty dead set on not playing for them anymore. I don't think – hey, I guess things are as bad as he's making them out to be. I don't know. Like, honestly, it would be tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't want to play for the Packers, obviously your only other option is going to be to sit out because they're not going to trade him. Well – the Raiders, not the Raiders, the Bengals also said they wouldn't trade Carson Palmer. But that that was a whole different situation too, though. Carson wasn't a, coming off an MVP season. He wasn't coming off an NFC Championship loss. There was just, and there was not a quarterback being drafted in place of Carson Palmer. True, but hey, but that Brown family over there, they're pretty stubborn. Yes, they are. But here, well, the thing with the Packers is that they don't have it like an actual owner. So that's the other thing, too, that comes into play. And, uh, you know, Aaron's calling for Brian uh, Gutekind's job, the GM. So, yeah, now it's like that's, that's not a good look, gets, man. Yeah, it gets weird. Now you're calling for people's jobs. And, yeah, I don't know. I, even if Aaron comes back, I still don't think they have a real chance at going anywhere. They can still win the division. But at the end of the day, I don't think they're better than Tampa. No, and Tampa got even better. Right, exactly. So you know, you Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers trump card that they've been playing for over a decade. They had a trump card with Brett Favre, and let, let's let's be honest. You know, I don't want to say the Green Bay Packers organization is overrated, but I just question how much winning that damn organization would have done if they would have been stuck with Magic with Magic Don Mikowski for sixteen seasons instead of Brett Favre. You know, yeah, I mean, or I don't think you would have won anything. Playing, or if they were stuck with Ty Detmer, or if they were stuck with, you know, one of these guys other than Aaron Rodgers for 16 yeah. seasons. It's, it's easy to look good when you got Pro Bowl quarterback play for 30 years. And let's not take, let's not forget about Doug Peterson. Maybe he would have replaced right. Brett so, Favre. And I mean, who knows, right? Let's see, let's see how good you guys really are when you, uh, you have to try out Jordan Love.
But if I'm if I'm the Packers, though, I'm not trading him. I'd rather him retire and not play for another team than for us to trade him for. Let's be How honest. There's he's gonna owe them money. No, I'm talking about for this year. How much? How much? Uh, how much were they on on the tick the ticket for owing him this year? Uh, that's a great question. Was it twelve? I don't know, but there was like I don't know if he had incentives last year for winning the MVP and all this kind of stuff. Because let's not forget they trade they drafted Jordan Love to be Aaron's replacement because they saw his career was kind of going down instead of going up. And then he he had that tremendous year last year. So, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I, I find I find it. For him to say what he said immediately after that that um, NFC Championship loss to Tampa, and he never backed away from it, you know. But I mean, to me, if you want to be traded, just say it. Why don't you just say it? Like, don't don't beat around the bush. Like, uh, you know, he was talking to Kenny May uh, his last uh, episode. He was on Sports Center, yeah. And he didn't say he wanted to be traded. He just said, you know, it's all about the people. Like Aaron, like we get it. You don't want to like don't beat around the bush. Say, hey, hey. I don't want to play for the Packers anymore. Trade me. Yeah, it's like he he likes this kind of crap. Like he likes it being a whole situation. Like, oh, does he, does he really want to be traded? Does he not want to be traded? You know, it's kind of annoying to me. It's little kid, it's little kid games. Well, how many of them really don't do that? Brett, hey, Brett did it. Yeah, but Brett, at least Brett that, he it, Brett did I, it way worse than Aaron did it. How? How so? Man, Brett was constantly retiring. Constantly. I'm retiring. But, no, I'm but it's not like, hey, trade me. I don't want to play here anymore. He didn't not till the very end. And Brett was such a fly me out here in this private jet. And I want and, this and I want this six pack on ice when I get off the flight. And you don't think Aaron does that? Or I wouldn't do that? I be bet wooed. you he I bet you he's even done that already. And say, no, like, I, nah, I Brett, still don't want to play for Brett you. Guys. Really wanted to be wooed by the organization. I don't think Aaron wants to be wooed. I think, I think he does. I think he does, and I think he wants to. He wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's the other thing that it comes down to, too. It's about money. Yeah, but it, when you look when you look at these other organizations, all right, look at Tampa. You look at how New England won all those years. You look at the fact that Tampa won with Tom coming over and taking less money and, and Blase Splee and other guys. Pro Bowl players taking less money to stay with the team and keep the, the bus going. Would I really make Aaron Rodgers at his age the highest paid player in the league? I don't know. I also you're, you're going to have to though, Walter. If you want this fixed, year before last. If you want this fixed, the the first thing you got to do is you got to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Like that's it. Like there's no other way to go about it. That's one of the things you have to do. Okay, and then what? <laughs> then you got to do whatever he says. Hey, trade for so-and-so. And like, the biggest slap in the face to me was them not trading for Julio Jones. As we see what the Tennessee Titans gave up for him. I don't a, know. A two and a conditional fourth, if I'm not mistaken. And they're going to take some money of Julio's contract. Maybe the asking price was more for Green Bay being in the NFC. Ha- Come on. I mean, but like, all right. So, without knowing that, though, right? If you're Aaron Rodgers and you're at home, and you're like, all right. Well, maybe they're going to trade for a wide receiver for me. And then you see that he ends up being a Tennessee Titan, and what they gave up to, you know, for the trade. Wouldn't you be 
pissed off or feel a certain way about it? If I'm Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Maybe, but I mean. You got to think about it, my man. My question is this. How. What team has ever gotten better by letting their, their quarterback make personnel decisions? Because we have yet to see. Well, who was the last quarterback to say, you know what, this team stinks defensively? Draft that corner at number six. This team but I'm stinks. Talking... Draft, draft that nose tackle at 15. Every but, quarterback but... wants another damn wide receiver. I know, but but in Aaron's situation, it's different though. Look who he had to throw the ball to. They had the number one offense in football. But why? One one and one A offense. Imagine how much better they would have gotten though. Let's not act like if he had Julio Jones, he would have beaten Tampa. I'm not saying that either. We know why he lost to Tampa. We know why. They had no no. Well, we we, we know why. Outside of Lafleur, they had no. That's not that's not why. Well, the offensive line was an issue. Vita Vea coming back in that game was very huge for Tampa. So we know some of the issues that they had last year. But to me, if you have a if you have a you know a chance to, to get yourself better, you do it. Especially if you're in the situation that the Packers are in. When Aaron's, you know, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. Right? You're gonna try to do if you really want to keep Aaron, you're gonna try to do everything to entice him to come back. Like, hey, we just draft, you know, we traded for Julio Jones. New receiver. He's gonna be, you know, a good number what two. He, what if they? What if they feel that all of this is a cop out and the whole wide receiver the, being on the outside looking in? We think this is what it's all about. Maybe it's not behind closed doors. All about wide receivers. It's it no. It's about, not. It could be about a certain coach on the roster. It could be about anybody. I, I don't think it's the coach. I think it's the front office and what they did last year. And, you know, drafting Jordan Levin, not letting him know, like, hey, by the way, we're going to trade up and we're going to draft this quarterback. Even though we still, you know, this is still your team, but we're going to trade him. To, uh, we're going to draft him to be uh, your replacement. It's that. It's the money. Let's be honest. It's it's money, too. It is. It is. And then a part of it I thought was LaFleur coming in and kind of putting his stamp or attempting to put his stamp on. On the offense. What, what he thought was going to be his team. And at the end of the day, listen, you don't measure up to Aaron Rodgers. It's it's crazy to think what one game did to that whole situation because it looked like things were kind of maybe getting better. Um, imagine if they would have won and they would have gone to the Super Bowl. Do you think this whole situation would be going on right now? I don't think so. I don't know. I just, I just feel that Aaron – we saw what happened in Cincinnati before this draft two months ago. When it came to the Bengals picking fifth, and you know the the the, um, the argument was between Panay Sewell or uh, Rashawn Slater, the guard out of Northwestern, or the wide receiver of LSU. How often do you hear a quarterback say, "My offensive line sucks"? You quarterbacks will complain about not having a running game. They'll complain about not having enough time to throw and find guys. But when you come to them and say, hey, here, take this offensive lineman. No, I don't want that. Give me a six-foot-three guy that can run on the outside. Give me my good friend that I played with that in college. It's Russell Wilson. How many, off- I mean, how many offensive linemen have Russell Wilson been crying for? Or is he crying for more wide receivers? Because we heard there was rumors that they were in on the Julio Jones sweepstakes. So, 
All right, so here's the situation with that, I feel like, right? So, all right, Russ, like, hey, I want Julio. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take a listen. Peter King came out with an article on Monday saying that Seattle was really never interested due to the fact that they were going to have to pay Julio Jones some of the money that he had on his contract. So, to me, that was probably a situation like, hey, like, he's a start quarterback. We really haven't really listened to him. Let's go ahead and say, all right, all right, Russ, we'll listen to you. We'll, we'll you know, we'll check in and see what it takes to get Julio Jones. But to me, that was never in play. Yeah, excuse me. It didn't make it never made sense to me. The uh, the story never had any legs to me, given the fact that you have DK Metcalf, who is a hybrid between Julio Jones and stud. Calvin Johnson and Usain Usain Bolt. Yeah, he, well, I, yeah, the track star. Exactly, and not to mention Tyler Lockett, who I think is one of the best damn players in the NFL. The, the most the under, yeah. To me, the most underrated wide receiver in the yes. NFL. Big player, big playmaker, big playmaker. I was a huge fan of his at Kansas State. Wanted my Lions to get him late. He was he was great. He was great. So Julio didn't make sense when you look at how atrocious that defense was. Yeah. How atrocious that offensive line has been for the last couple of years. Why in the hell would you give up draft capital for another wide receiver? This is why I say you you don't li- you listen to your quarterback you hear your quarterback out, but you do not give your quarterback full autonomy over a roster. You can't do it. Yeah. Because they're right, well, happy. Yeah, and I and I agree with you, but Aaron Aaron Rodgers never happy. So trade him. You don't trade him. You trade him for a wide receiver. It maybe it wouldn't even matter. Well, so Devonte Adams, how did this make you feel? You got well, everybody, look, everybody's trashing Devontae Adams now, though, saying that Aaron Rodgers made him not That's not true. And I and I think he's out to prove a point because yesterday he was asked if he was going to report for training camp, and he said, yes, before I was drafted, I have a I didn't have a dollar in my pocket. I am gonna, you know, I am gonna show up because that's what the contract requires me to do. So I get paid and feed my family. So I mean, to me, he's out to prove something now. If Aaron doesn't return and it's another quarterback. Yeah, I mean, for people who pretty much didn't know who Devontae Adams was coming out of, out of uh, college. and they saw Fresno State. Pick. Shout yeah. out Fresno State. Yes, yes. And they, they saw that he was a second-round pick. The boy had feet, size, and hands, and the skill set since, you know, since then, since Fresno State. People, yeah. and there were a lot of people who thought he could have been a, a mid to late first-round pick that year. So I think it's a slap in the face to say he made Devontae Adams, you know, they he, he helped Devontae out a lot. Yeah, and it's a situation where it's Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson, who I think Calvin Johnson in most cases would have been the better player at his position over who his quarterback was with pretty much any team he would have been on in the NFL. But well, look, uh, his quarterback at Fresno State was Derek Carr, and you know, Devontae is going to be free agent next year, so I wouldn't mind seeing that free, uh, you know. Reunion in Las Vegas, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. So, uh, but let's go ahead and rank these teams, Walter, in the NFC North. Uh, your worst team in this division. Yep. Uh, my Detroit Lions. Not for the simple fact I think we're just going to be a terrible thing. I, I mean, a terrible team. I think right now we're just way behind the curve. I think when it comes to comparing us to where the Chicago Bears currently are where the Minnesota Vikings currently are. And even though the Packers do have a ton of drama going on, they still have a pretty decent roster. They have a decent coaching staff. They have the respect of being the Green Bay Packers. 
you know, there's a chance Aaron Rodgers could come back. I could be completely wrong. But if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back and they're forced to trot Jordan Love out there, all hell could possibly break loose in the NFC North. All right, your third team in the division. Uh, Chicago, well, mm. what do you think? Man, I think the Vikings, I think the Bears, the Bears, they're not ready yet. No. I think what's going to happen, more than likely, they're going to trot Andy Dalton out there. And depending on how the Bears looked the first couple weeks, Fields could be ready, could not be ready. Remember, they, they lose a preseason game this year also. Yeah, you know, three. So I don't think Fields starts week one. He may not start week two. And he's going to have some growing pains. He's going to use his legs a lot, which could lead him to some injuries. But I think there's going to be a learning curve for Fields. I think the Bears didn't do a whole lot free agent-wise either. They didn't do a lot defensively. So I think the Bears are still behind that learning curve too. But I think they're still currently ahead of the Lions. All right, your second team in the division. I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. yeah. I think so you, even if Aaron comes back, I just think they're the drafting. I think they reached for Eric Stokes. I think they allowed a 40 time to push them to reach for him too, way entirely too high for where they did. Yeah, I felt Asante Samuel Jr., even though some people felt Asante Samuel Jr. was the outside corner. I think he can play on the outside. He's a 4-5 guy. I think he's fast enough. I thought he was crappy enough. I thought he was physical enough. I thought he was dog enough. But yeah. they went ahead with Stokes, the bigger guy who was faster. I do like Josh Myers, the center out of Ohio State, that they were able to get later on. But they didn't do anything to get better. You can't stay... They were they were great offensively. They were great offensively, number one offense in the league. But you were still terrible defensively. And was it the scheme? Was it the fact that Kenny Clark missed a decent amount of games? Were the linebackers overrated? The pass rush isn't as good anymore. The Packers just aren't as good. And I think this year is the year that they take a step back. So your winner in the NFC North. Minnesota Vikings. I like the Vikings. And like and the Vikings. that might cut and that and that might come as a surprise to some people that are watching or listening to us. So go ahead and tell us why. I think even though you know I sat back and I watched Kirk Cousins play for four years at Michigan State, was never a big fan of his. I thought Kirk was what he turned out to be a pretty solid game manager. Kirk good there's good Kurt and there's bad Kurt. Bad Kurt. Good Kurt mixed together can get you an 11 or 12 win season if you have a really good team around them. And I think they did enough offensively as far as that offensive line. I love Dalvin Cook. He's dynamite in the bottle. He's got, as you mentioned, possibly the best wide receiver tandem in the league, in Adam Thielen and um, Jamar, Je- Jamar Jefferson. Um, <laughs> Justin. 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 Yeah, Justin. Justin. Not Jamar Chase. No. Justin so you're, you're thinking about Jamar Chase now. Right. Justin Jefferson. Um, the tight end, Zach Davidson, they got later on in the draft, I believe in the seventh round, could turn out to be a steal. The wide receiver, the speedster they got out of Iowa who could help on special teams could also be a steal. They got a lot better on the defensive line. They got some pass rushers. They got some guys, a guy in Chad Surratt, the linebacker for North Carolina. 
who I figure they're going to use in a variety of different ways. He can get out and cover running backs. He can cover outside. He can cover some tight ends. He can blitz off the edge. I think they just did so much to get better, so much to get better. They got out of the second round, or did they have a second round pick, but they managed to move back. And what the damage they managed to do in the fourth round to me was huge, was huge. And even though I'm not a big fan of Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk is good enough to get them where they need to go. They can win some playoff games with Kirk. And there's too much drama going on right now in Green Bay. Minnesota knows who their quarterback is going to be week one. Now, hey, does this happen to be the year where the wheels fall off with Kirk Cousins and a guy like Kellen Mond comes out of the bullpen and sweeps everybody by storm? Yeah. Could happen. Um, All right, so I have the Lions. I have the Bears. I have the Packers because I I don't think Aaron's going to play. And uh, I have Minnesota winning the division as well just because – they're a little bit more stable. I like to, or that's the word I like to say, stable. Because with Aaron, you don't know what's going on. It's a whole drama show. Who knows? He might play. He might retire. He might get traded. Who knows, right? So, to me, I, I the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I think, you know, the Vikings did what they needed to do. They got younger in a lot of areas. I don't think they were as bad last year as, you know, people. a lot of people thought they were. They were hurt. They were hurt. They were. They kept some guys around a little too long. They had some issues, but yeah. they're back. I think Minnesota's back. They improved where they needed to prove. They had one of the best drafts in its entirety out of any team in the league. They've got consistency at quarterback. They know who their head coach is. Do they still have some flaws? Sure. I still think that secondary is pretty flawed. But if they got better in the front seven, makes it a whole lot easier for that back end. All right. Well, that's going to go to do it for this edition of the East West Football Podcast. Next week, we'll go and talk about the NFC West and who we think will win that division. Uh, Walter, any final thoughts? Keep on the Detroit Lions. I know. Keeping up on the Lions. I know. I know. Right now, our head coach is the butt of everybody's tacky and, and completely overused jokes on television. Well, I mean, he shouldn't have said that he, you know, wanted to bite kneecaps. Yeah, we know what they're, they're making fun of everything he's doing. Now, oh, he had a helmet on at practice today. He's like, yo, he's a player's coach. What do you people think? Well, when 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 you haven't won yet, you're an idiot. But as soon as you start winning, all oh, the players love him. He's a player's coach. Got to get one of those guys. So we know how how fickle the media is and how fickle fans can be. But I mean, I I understand he hasn't earned anything yet. You know, but he says, you know, he's just trying to keep everything loose. He wants to keep everything loose for the players, but he says he's going to tighten everything up soon over the next month or so. All right. And uh, thank you, everyone out there, for watching and listening. Catch us next week again. We'll be talking about the NFC West and reviewing the divisional moves. Till then, have a great night. Thank you for watching and listening. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. Peace. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love.
available now wherever you listen to music. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast.